1: There are 10 Republicans vying for the chance to unseat Governor Whitmer this fall. It's a record-sized field. How did it get so big? Regular folks who don't have
2: political experience saying, hey, you know what, this doesn't feel right to me. we got to do something.
1: We'll take a dive into not only who is on the Republican primary ballot later this summer, but also what is on the ballot. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. On August 2nd, Michiganders will head to the polls and vote in primary elections. By August 3rd, there will be one Republican candidate to contest Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer in November. Like I said earlier, between now and early August, there are 10 Republicans who want to be your next governor. Ten. Kyle Malin from the Michigan Information and Research Service, or MERS, says the field is record-sized. What does it mean? The next voice you'll hear is that of Jonathan Osting, a political reporter for Bridge, Michigan. Experts I talk to say
3: it, it signifies excitement in the GOP electorate. You know, at least 15,000 people were willing to sign petitions for 10 different candidates separately. Um, usually it's pretty hard to pull off. And the fact that 10 candidates were able to do it signifies, you know, GOP voters are excited. At the same time, it presents all sorts of interesting dynamics former Detroit police chief James Craig has been leading in a lot of the recent polls. But because there's so many different candidates here, it sort of opens the door for uh, maybe a lesser known candidate to emerge like uh, Rick Snyder did 12 years ago. Now, he was, you know, not well known, but some of the bigger known candidates were really duking it out with each other. And um one with a plurality of the vote, not a majority. And it seems likely that whoever wins this nomination
1: probably going to have a hard time getting to 50%. Zach Gorchow is the executive editor and publisher of Gongwer, Michigan. He seconds Osting's enthusiasm take. Zach also says that fragmentation could be an issue.
4: On the positive side, it's a sign of excitement. Lots of people wanting to lead, put their names forward. But it also is a sign that there's no alpha dog. You know, unlike 2006, when Dick DeVos ran against Jennifer Granholm and had no opposition. In 2014, when Mark Schauer ran against Rick Snyder and there was no opposition. This is a sign that there's no obvious consensus candidate that can bring together all the factions in the Michigan Republican Party. And the question will be, once they finally do have a nominee after the August primary, Can that person consolidate all these groups behind them?
1: And we don't know that yet. Here's the thing. Of the 10 candidates, only one of them, Michael Brown, has held elected office. Brown spent one term as a county commissioner. I mentioned Kyle Malin from MERS earlier. I asked him if there was any value anymore in being an outsider because, well, it no longer serves as a distinction. They're all outsiders, right? I mean, it used to give you an advantage. Now, I mean, does it?
2: Yeah, there is no insider. I mean, everybody's an outsider on this. Whether you're from the business sector or you're from the grassroots sector, none of these people have held any kind of office and can say that they come to this race with any type of a network of people that they've relied on in the past to get them elected. It's very strange in that regard. No senators, no House members, You know, no attorney general, no nothing. These are really folks who kind of just developed their own little cult of personality, if you will. Garrett Saldano, Ryan Kelly. um, These are people who have kind of formed little networks among themselves as part of this frustration against Democrats. It's kind of like the Tea Party of 2010, except there isn't that Tea Party label.
1: To further understand what is on the ballot, we have to know who is on the ballot. Here is Zach Gorchow from Gongwer again.
4: Michael Brown, he's a state police captain. You're law enforcement. You've had a lot of back the blue mentality in the Republican Party. James Craig, former Detroit police chief, is a very visible representation of that. Tudor Dixon, uh, she's a lone woman in the field and I, I think sees herself as representative of a lot of angry Republican moms who are upset about school closures and masks in schools. Perry Johnson is a little bit tougher I think to nail down what he represents. He's kind of running on a fixed government idea. Ryan Kelly is kind of that we despise Joe Biden, you know, he was at the US Capitol on January 6th. And then you've got Kevin Rinky trying to carve out more of a center right lane. Garrett Soldano, he you know comes out of the Stand Up Michigan, Stop the COVID Lockdown, Stop the Masks opposes vaccines, that kind of movement.
1: Zach, he gave you an idea of the mindset of some of these candidates. So what is this election going to be about? Jonathan Osting from Bridge says the current governor is a big point of contention. As much as Governor Whitmer doesn't want to make
3: this election about COVID again, it's going to be to a large extent, you know, both remaining frustration over COVID policies, particularly with schools, but also the sort of ancillary effects that we've seen from some of the the stimulus policies, et cetera, of inflation and effects on the economy. So those are going to be huge issues. COVID and the, the lingering impacts are going to be a huge issue. I will say, although for Republicans, there's frustration over those, I mean, Whitmer is still polling well ahead of Biden. So even though there's, some, though there's some frustration at the national level, I think there are still a number of voters who seem to remain thankful for some of the steps Governor Whitmer took. Actually, so uh, senior citizens in particular, I'm very curious to see how the polling shakes out there.
1: Jonathan was talking about those COVID restrictions. That hits on a point that Kyle Mullin from MERS made. For many Republicans, it's about stopping the government from making decisions for them. I think it's a
2: referendum on individual people's choice is what I think it's about. Is it folks running for government who don't really believe government is doing its job, doesn't believe that government is actually listening to people. I think that's what this has to do with. I don't know if it's necessarily about a particular issue, but I do think that the restrictions coming out of COVID had something to do with that. Folks who felt like the government went way over the top and what it was telling people that it should and should not do. And just regular folks who don't have political experience saying, hey, you know what, this doesn't feel right to me, and then talking to a group of people, either getting together online or whatever, who agree and say, you know what, I don't think this is right either. we got to do something.
1: Let's do something. Regardless of your opinion of him, you can't talk conservative politics anywhere in America without talking about former President Donald Trump. He still remains immensely popular, and with that popularity comes influence. Trump has already made endorsements for Michigan's Secretary of State and the Attorney General, but he has remained relatively quiet on the gubernatorial front. But that's not stopping candidates from seeking his favor. Here's Jonathan, one more time.
3: Several candidates have courted
1: Trump's endorsement.
3: Tudor Dixon held a fundraiser at Mar-a-Lago where Trump spoke and also said nice things about her there. James Craig has also visited Mar-a-Lago and talked to Trump. And now Perry Johnson is trying to step in. The businessman, he has also traveled to a couple fundraisers at Mar-a-Lago for other candidates and used those opportunities to talk to President Trump. And he ran television ads promoting uh, the Trump rally here in Michigan. So Perry Johnson is really going hard for the Trump endorsement right now. So far, as you mentioned, Trump hasn't given any indication which way he's leaning. It seemed like maybe a Tudor Dixon endorsement was going to be imminent, but that hasn't happened. So I think he has the power to play kingmaker in this primary.
1: But also, we know that Trump doesn't like to lose. We talked about this earlier, in fact. One of the questions being asked about the size of the Republican primary is about fracture. Are there so many candidates because there are so many different viewpoints within the party? And can the ultimate winner of the primary bring the whole party together in November? Kyle says that's not the right way to look at it. Big or contentious fields don't mean trouble. Quite the opposite, actually.
2: I'll just give you an example here. 2018, there were some very contentious convention fights on the Democratic side for Attorney General. It got a little testy, but then Dana Nessel won, and then she went on and won the general election. When you look at the party that tends to have the most candidates, just historically, and I went back and I looked at this for 20 years, that party does the best. 2010, Republicans had way more candidates than Democrats running for state offices, and the Republicans blew them out of the water. In 2008, the Democrats had 100 more candidates than the Republicans did in 2008. That was the Obama waiver. Democrats just blew everybody out of the water. Same thing in 2018.
1: This year, the Republicans have more than 30 more candidates. Here in late April, there really is no frontrunner for the August primary. And, you know, that will likely change, especially if former President Trump offers an endorsement. Lack of frontrunner, maybe, but there is still no arguing the enthusiasm from Republicans. Will that be enough come November? Well, only time will tell. I want to thank a trio of Lansing heavy hitters for helping me today. Zach Gorchow from Gongwork, Jonathan Osting from Bridge, and Kyle Molin from MERS. You can find more on Michigan politics at WWJNewsRadio.com. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Royal Oak. I'm Zach Clark and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening.